<laughs> People always ask me, yo, Jay, yo, AK, where you been, man? <laughs> I'ma fill y'all niggas in, since y'all wanna know so bad. Yeah. <clears throat> I know that you're probably saying that nigga AK's at it again, uh -huh. again. I know that you're probably saying that nigga AK's yeah. at it again. All right. Like, where the fuck have you been, huh? Where the fuck have you been, yeah? Huh? Where the fuck have you been, huh? I'm making fuckers' lungs collapse like they asthmatic My lyrics hit your chest like we smoke with your past ashes My life is full of bad habits like a crack addict Out of my motherfucking mind, I need a psychiatric Give me some pills and some lick before I get sporadic My style is like a car and drive cause it's automatic I'm a lyricist that's swimming in the pool of rappers They're the guppies and I'm the hammerhead here to attack you Tear the shreds and detach you Hope it is a disaster It's the end like the rapture Tell your deacon and pastor Satan's here to distract uh -huh. you In the flesh like me, coke what? If you say my rhymes what? suck Yours are similar to a deep throat My pen's so hot It gives my paper a heat stroke The ink is acid burning through the page With each quote, folks Always ask me Where have I been? Minding my business Joint to this pen Like Siamese twins, nigga I know that you're probably saying That nigga AK's at it again Again in the flow Like ripping a throat uh -huh. To cut off his oxygen yeah. Like where the fuck have you been? Huh? Where the fuck have you been? Uh -huh. Boy, where the fuck have you been? Huh? Where the fuck have you been? Okay. I know that you're probably saying that nigga AK's at it again. I'm killing the flow like flipping the throat to cut off his oxygen. Like where the fuck have you been? Huh? Where the fuck have you been? Boy, where the fuck have you been? Huh? Where the fuck have you been? What the fuck have y'all been looking for me? I don't know them like a cat in a tree. Stepping up, moving up gradually. Cause moving too fast could turn out to be a catastrophe. I'm morbid again. From cutting my wrist to bleeding the skin. Suck on my dick, wanna see me. Hit it and quit it, won't see me again. You can get mad or you can relate. It's just a bad motivation to say. For you seem sad, for me it is great to get what you want while eating your cake. Some say that it's greed that fuse me with hate. Kiss my ass, get out of my face. I'm stuck in the past, your bitches erase. I'm laughing you twice, you losing the race, nigga. So pick up the pace, will ya? Or will you just fade your memory lane until you forgot it and never mention, never again? Shit is a shame, huh? You're feeling the pain, huh? I break your fears, three to show you it isn't a game, now. You don't know me, little homie. You was a stranger. Phony baloney, Oscar Mayer should be your name, bruh. Right. So get up and go while I'm killing the flow. Make sure you tell all your friends that I'm holding the booth for ransom. And that's where the fuck I've been. On this episode of Apostasy Now, our first time guest, Adequate. Adequate is a killer MC. He's got awesome rhymes, he's got excellent tracks. I know you're gonna love his music, but even more is the content that he puts into it, both lyrically and emotionally. It's thought-provoking from a man who's both a skeptic and a science lover. So let's get straight to it, because I know you're gonna love him. For your consideration, Adequate, today on Apostasy Now. But I forgot you two, at best, are functional morons. Yeah, you're functioning morons. More. Because I'm very much a skeptic. More, I'm, I'm more of a skeptic than I am an atheist. I mean, atheist is a conclusion based on my skepticism. You'll have to come like a little child to the foot of the cross. That attitude is what is responsible for the rise of atheism. That's not what Islam is all about. Islam is peace. What is the penalty for leaving the Muslim faith? With a death penalty. Thank you. This is Apostasy Now. For people to get the information correct before they start yap, yap, yapping. Get ready to root for the bad guys. Because with me, evidence, all the evidence...
Um, I just been busy, 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 just recording, working on um, videos and other projects. So that's yeah. about it. Just stay out, stay working. That's something. I've noticed uh, from your videos, you've been getting new equipment in the mail. Yes, it's been the most awesome um, couple of weeks I've had in a while. So I take it the equipment's good. <laughs> yep. Everything that I needed and everything that I thought it would be, like, it's just freaking awesome, man. So you're in Ontario? Yeah. Oh, that's what's up. I have, um, we actually have a producer that lives out there. Oh, really? Yeah. His name's JB. Pretty cool dude. Nice. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, um, Grand Unified is kind of like everywhere. It's <laughs> awesome. You guys have been doing a lot of good work from what I hear. I'd, I'd really like to know more about, uh, your involvement with them, how you, how you came to, um, become connected with them or start that group with, uh, everyone involved. Um, I have kind of a unique story because, um, I, I've known a couple of people that knew Graden Square before I even met them, but I always, um, listened to them a lot. And that's, that was around the time I just got, like, I actually was vocal about being an atheist, I guess, came out of the closet or whatnot. <clears throat> and one of his friends that I was cool with, she was telling me about the group and how something was going to start and blah, blah, blah. And I didn't know that that was, like, kind of like a heads up, like, oh, um, you might be a part of this one day or whatever. <laughs> so I showed um, her some of my music, and then I ended up showing Gray some of my music. And he told me that he thought that he liked it. He thought it was dope. And then about like a week or two later, he's like, yo, yo, check your email. And I'm thinking, oh shit, he wants to do a collaboration with me. Yeah. Then I got the email that asked me if I wanted to join Grand Unified. I said, hell yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Cause the funny thing about it, I used to always, um, cause in his songs, he'll say, I'm Grand Unified. Yeah. I'm Grand Unified. I used to say that too, you know, along with it, not knowing that, you know, it was an actual movement at the time. But then after a while, I found out, oh shit, I'm a part of that. So it's pretty cool. And it seems like a, not just a talented group. I like the direction of it and, and the attitude you guys have. You seem to have, uh, uh, it's like, it's like more than a group of friends uh, or, or just even allied coworkers. You all have, at least the ones that I've heard working with GU have all had a pro science skeptical bent on the way you approach your material. Yes, definitely. Um, because as far as being an atheist, I mean, I think atheism is cool and all, but that's just one aspect of who you are as a person. And I, sometimes I don't even think it's all that interest, interesting at the end of the day. But as far as skepticism and science, hell yeah, that's, that's interesting as hell. So why not promote that in, you know, in, in a fun way? And the best way to do it, I feel, is um, through music, through, you know, funny videos, or um, any other creative resource that you have on hand to be able to promote those things. Because skepticism is very important. I mean, because you could be an atheist and not be a skeptic. And, you know, you could reject God, but believe in unicorns, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. true. It's not that we've ever run into those. <laughs> you know, I always, I always appreciate the efforts of anyone who tries to make skepticism or rational thinking um, approachable. You know, by any means necessary, honestly, like if it has to be done through music or entertainment yeah, or fun or, um, or humor, whatever. Yeah, exactly. And what got me into skepticism really was um, James Randi. I was watching some of his videos on YouTube and like I already, I already knew I was an atheist. I didn't know I didn't believe in gods, but I was wondering what about magic and mystical things and supernatural stuff? And I wanted to hear what people had to say about that. And there was this one documentary, it was about, um, that he was a part of 
It was about these little girls in New York. It was, I think it was like back in the like 1930s or something. And they would play tricks on their parents because they lived in an old ass house. So they would crack their feet on the floor and pretend that it was ghosts. And then their parents actually believed it and had people come into the house. <laughs> um, they'll be, they will be the ones haunting the people and the people would think they're, they're ghosts and shit. I'm like, damn, that's crazy. Yeah. And he just explained how on like certain magic tricks that people think are amazing aren't really that amazing at all. You know, it's just basic, um, I guess physics, I think, and, and just manipulation of the mind and whatnot is yeah. like, cause everything's not what it seems, you know, so. I really? thought that was pretty cool. So I took that approach to every single claim that gets thrown my way, no matter what it is. Evidence yeah. and, you know, peer review evidence and all that. You fa- you feature a sound sample of uh, when he and uh, Johnny Carson took that. Was it Yuri Geller? Yeah, Yuri Geller. Yeah, that was another one, too. Yeah, that was a, that one opened my mind to a lot of shit also. Wasn't it Randy mm-hmm. who also busted Peter Popoff's little radio transponder? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. He's I, got some spunk. I like that yeah. guy. He's got he's got a strong mind. Yeah, yeah. He's actually, James Randi's actually one of my heroes. I love that dude. Magical thinking, you know, is a slippery slope. Sometimes it's harmless enough, but other times it's quite dangerous. Personally, I'm opposed to that kind of fakery, so I have no reservations at all about exposing these people and their illusions for what they really are. Do you believe in the stars? Leave a Venus and Mars to fix who we are. Is it true or false? Do you believe in a God, whether it was in so alive? And they gave you a call. Can they be proven or not? No spirits and exorcists, even astrologists, cryptozoologists, Scientologists, and creationists. They all be scheming, man. So tell me what you believe in. It. I really don't know what else that I can tell you. I want to expose frauds like James Randi did or Yellow on the Tonight Show. When they took away all the spots and the whole world witnesses, psychic powers we're just another crop of bullshit like Penn and Teller. These reckless assumptions that never get supported by facts, I easily debunk them. The lack of evidence loses credibility. Can something be interpreted, be taken literally? When it comes to facts, I really take it seriously. I guess knowledge and seeking the truth is very dear to me. I'm never paying mind to the end of the world conspiracies. Not even Nostradamus made any predictions accurately. Psychics claim to read the future by the palm of your hand. You pay for reading. See, I was fortunate, I think. When I was, when I was growing up, I never needed to be entertained to find science uh, interesting. I remember watching the Learning Channel before the years of Honey Boo Boo and, and UFOs. And oh my god, all the dumb <laughs> shit they got eventually put on there and then they just changed it to TLC because they knew it was a travesty to still call it the Learning Channel. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Uh, I, I like documentaries. I've liked them since I was a kid. You know, I, I, I watched a few this weekend. You know? Yeah, no, documentaries are great. Um, actually, I, I'm getting... Uh, my fourteen-year-old nephew is watching Cosmos with me. We watched, yeah, we watched three episodes, and he's 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 a kid that's been given medication for being hyperactive, right? And I won't even bother going into that whole thing. But uh, normally, it's hard to get him to sit down for anything but video games, uh, or maybe some food if it's good food. But <laughs> he sat down. What surprised me is I, I'm like, "Well, you're playing video games. I'm going to turn this on. You can watch it with me." He turned his game off within minutes, and he was leaning in. And just amazed by what he was seeing. Like, he had never heard of any of this stuff before. It's not pushed yeah. forward. It's not pushed hard enough. Yeah. I think it's yeah. assumed kids just don't want to know it, but that's not true, man. See, and, that, and that's the problem. It's not, even even though it seems like kids don't want to know it, I think it more has to do with the parents not being interested either. Because my nephew, he's um, he wants to be a robotics engineer. So he has, like, a bunch of Lego sets, and 
he could put an entire Lego set together within hours all by himself, you know. And <clears throat> he did a report on Carl Sagan. And my sister hit me up one day. She was like, Jamie, do you know who Carl Sagan is? I'm like, duh, of course I do. I'm like, why? She's like, because Lorenzo, he's um, writing an uh, essay about him. And he's watching the cosmos. Yeah. I'm like, oh, what's up? You know, <laughs> surprised the hell out of me because my family's like very religious. To have at least my nephew be into science at such a young yeah. age, freaking yeah. amazing. So your your whole family is is um, is filled with believers. I think in one of your songs you also talk about you have uh, is it your grandfather that was a minister or is a minister? Yeah, my um my grandfather he's a reverend. He's not my blood grandfather, but I've known him all of my life. And he's always been very religious. And he has, he used to have his own church, um, in Charleston, South Carolina. That's where all, most of my family's from. So yeah, very religious, heavy background in that area. So if you don't mind me asking, what, what was the, uh, result of you coming out of the closet, so to speak? Um, it's kind of a common question we ask a lot of our guests about their experience becoming atheists or, or how they experienced that with friends, family, or the community at large. Yeah. Um, for me, it was really, really rough because around that time I was, um, <clears throat> before I came to atheism, I was already rejected, um, God, the idea of gods and religion to an extent, but I was still looking for something to believe in. And then once I did, like, while I was, um, transitioning through all those different beliefs, I went from like Rastafarian, Rastafarianism to, um, five percenters and all that. And after I realized a lot of it was contradiction or, it had a lot of hate into it. I was like, you know what? I don't want to be a part of none of this shit. And then I got into atheism, but I didn't really even know what an atheist was. I thought it was what other people told me it was. So I was kind of afraid to take on the name. Yeah. And then when I finally did, I looked it up and I saw what the definition was. It just says, um, is the lack of a belief in deities or a deity. So I was like, okay, I could rock with that. And then when I told my friends and family, like their whole like minds fucking blew, like my mom, was very pissed at me for a little minute and <clears throat> my sister was mad at me my granddad he tried to reconvert me and tell me all these stories about how his son was like me and i'll come back um to believe again and whatnot and the thing that i told him i said you know you guys are still christians and i still love you guys to death and i wouldn't want to force you to change or think how i think and i think it's pretty fucked up that you guys would try to pin that on me and then after i did that they kind of like backed up it's difficult for like my my background's also very heavily uh people are very much christian um it's hard because you're raised to believe that if you want to help the person your loved one or whoever you're supposed to try and bring them back into the faith or you're supposed to bring them to the faith in the first place because you love them so if they leave you alone they've been taught that they don't care enough about you it's this really kind of backwards approach yeah because i i told them you know i'm still the same person you know I, I haven't changed at all it's just my views of things change like as far as how i look at you guys i mean i still have the same love for you and i feel like it should it should be reciprocated, you know, it shouldn't change anything. Like, what if I decided I wanted to be a Muslim? Or what if I decided I wanted to be Jewish? Like, would it be the same thing? And they said no, because at least you believed in something. And I'm like, I still believe in stuff, <laughs> you know? Yeah, which is funny because I've noticed that uh, people try to make, try. they're comfortable with alliances until their common enemy's gone and they turn against each other again. <laughs> Every time. That happens, that happens, it never fails. <laughs> Ever. My favorite is uh, 
So the local skeptics group I, I belong to have a couple of uh, theists that for some reason some of the guys are still arguing with. And I very quickly knew what kind of guy these guys were. And uh, they uh, try to present, their arguments are always, you know, when they're asked directly, what is the core definition of Christian? These guys will automatically start trying to change the subject. And a guy like me, they booted me from two groups, these guys, because I will always bring it back and say, I'll call them on it. You're trying to change the subject because you can't answer the question in a way you like. There is no core definition. It's a, it's a phenomenon of different ideas that are all coming under one category, and you're unifying to fight the common enemy right now. But as soon as you talk about what a Christian is, they all break apart. Yeah, because they all have different ideas of what one is. Like they can't even. That's why there's so many different denominations. Nobody could really agree on one set idea, except for God is real and Jesus is our savior, and that's it. All the other stuff, like criticizing the Bible, they all interpret it differently, so they all have different views on it, which is crazy as hell to me. Because if the Bible is supposed to be taken literally, there should be only one concept of it, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, but it's the same thing too with uh with Islam. You see them fighting with each other, having different groups, even killing each other. Uh, uh, Hindus Hindus have tons of conflicts with each other. Like any any large group of believers fracture. Yeah, and that's and that's what's and that's what's crazy with me to me because you would think that if one group believed in one thing, everyone who believed in it would be friends. You know what I'm saying? They'll all be cordial with each other, but that's not the case in most cases. I'm gonna have to go out on a limb here and only slightly disagree with my uh, my my friend Mr. Dragonbeard. <laughs> Any large group will splinter and disagree with itself. At well, some that's point. true. Yeah. Um. I mean, the the whole debacle that's going on in the atheist community right now is yeah. an example. Um. But I think at least with atheists, we're a little bit more upfront about it. Like we're like we're not all the same. Well, no, no, there the, there is that. But I mean, like if if the one thing that unifies believers is belief in the supernatural or right. in deities. You know, whether that deity is part of a Trinitarian view or a singular entity or part of a pantheon or yeah, yeah. so on and so forth, all yeah. the reasons they would disagree. Atheists disagree with each other for their own secular or sociological reasons. Well, that's why, like he was saying before, it's helpful to have the skeptic element. Because once someone says they're skeptic, you should be able to go, okay, look, all right, so then let's discuss what we have for evidence and, and logic this out between us and see if we can find out where our disagreement lies. If someone says, I'm an atheist, but I'm not a skeptic, I just believe what I want to believe, I just don't like religion, then it's, it's really hard to have a discussion about it. Yeah, my, my thing is, how can you... It, it seems like special pleading in a way, because you say, okay, I don't believe in gods, but fairies and dragons, they're fair king. You know, like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, so for me, it's like, apply that same logic that made you... Say okay, God does. God isn't real. You don't believe in God because there's not enough. There's no um evidence for it. The same thing applies with any other claim that says this thing exists or this is how this works or whatever. You know, like right. my thing is evidence, evidence all day. I I really don't know if there's a word for this, but I know that I don't. I personally don't believe in any supernatural things. And and you want to know what this is the the conversation that I've had with believers and non-believers both. People who are kind of like these soft, soft for better, for lack of a better word, soft atheism, I guess. Okay. Um, where they'd be like, well, okay, so you don't believe in God? No, no biggie. Uh, what about ghosts? No, I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe in fairies. I just don't believe in anything supernatural. Um, in, 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 at least by the definition of the word as we understand it. Yeah. I believe that there are natural things that are fucking super. 
You know, oh, just yeah. like mesmerizing. You know, mesmerizing or amazing or grand in scale or beyond my comprehension as far as the power they emit, like black holes, stars that are three times the size of our solar system, so on yeah. and so forth. Like these are mind, super natural yeah, things, yeah, yeah. but they're not supernatural as if they're not mystical. Right. Um, right. And, and, you know, so many conversations end up going where people go, well, you're so close-minded. Oh, every time. Oh. It never fails. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean I'm close-minded? Yeah. You know? whereas, whereas you're, like, looking up and wondering, how the hell can I comprehend all this? How did this all, how does this all work? They're going, well, that's a finger painting from, from the Jesus. Like, but even, <laughs> even when they don't believe in that, even if they have no religious inclination, a lot yeah. of the times, if, if I cannot believe in something more than I can see or measure, then I am close-minded. And that's the problem right there because they, they fail to understand that if when you're a person who values scientific evidence or peer review, you're the type of person that you, you don't want to be swindled into believing something just because it sounds nice or it looks nice or it's something that you feel you should believe. Like you want to believe in, you want to know that something is true. You want to know something is true or not. And if, when I talk to people like what, what you just described that do that type of stuff, it gets me upset because it's like, okay, I understand why you believe these things to be true, but you can't understand why I don't. All I'm saying is there's no evidence for it. And I think it's kind of arrogant for you to say that, oh, this is, oh, what happened to me is proof of a ghost or what happened to me is proof of a spirit or an angel or whatever the case may be. And it's just very frustrating yeah. every single time. No, I, I, I agree. And like, I mean, this has happened at every point in my life uh, with, with, friends with family with uh college mates with coworkers you know anytime you get into a relaxed social environment and people start sharing their ideas eventually uh, the topics will come up of these kind of crazy outlandish things and a lot of the time and this is something that is a a problem with the way we learn socially is that we are so used to accepting things on face value Right. Yeah. Word of mouth that Word. that when a person finally steps forward in a in a social setting, not in a professional or scientific setting, but in a social setting, and says, "I won't accept what you are telling me without hard evidence," exactly. that is immediately ostracized by the 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 larger group as being closed minded, or at least ostracized by the individual trying to espouse that particular position. Is and the the irony of that is they're the ones that's actually closed minded because um. Like for instance, the there's a like with with myths. There's a myth that goes around that we only use ten percent of our brain, which isn't true. But we've heard it so long that nobody's ever challenged it. But when science actually challenges it and shows that it's not true, people will still stick with that. But they will still claim that they're open-minded. You're, it seems like they're only open-minded when it when the evidence you know coincides with what they already believed in the first place. Yeah. And well. To, that's what's that's being closed-minded because if evidence can't change your views, how open-minded can you be? I think I think a lot of the uh, a lot of the the malfunction that's taking place here in these in these interactions is that um, uh, you know, like Carl Sagan said that you know, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Yes. Um, I think the existence of ghosts is an extraordinary claim right. that requires extraordinary evidence. Not superficial or subjective evidence, uh, interpretive uh, interpretive evidence, or some person standing in a room going, "Oh, there's a cold spot here." Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, definitely. That door over there moved. I'm having hot flashes. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> the spirits are speaking to me. Like, ghost hunters and that kind of crap. Like, plumbers by day, ghost hunters by night. Yes. <laughs> like, they, they definitely have the credentials to be a doctor, right? <laughs> School janitor by day, astrophysicist by evening. That'd be awesome if one of these guys that has the cameras there on set recorded stuff he wasn't supposed to and then released it online. Oh yeah, you know, you know what's out there, you know, <laughs> somewhere somebody's sitting on this. But a lot of the times, you know, a lack of evidence is not. I agree with some with the statement that not having evidence for a thing doesn't mean it doesn't exist. But until you can show me that evidence, I have no reason to believe it exists. Right. Exactly. You know, and and so a lack of evidence is not uh, is is not the issue itself. But they believe that if I can't prevent present them evidence that they're wrong, right? That right. that I'm closed minded. And I'm like, what? No, that's backwards. You don't understand how this works. Yeah, and I I think. Maybe the word also could be used significance, right? The significance of the claim. Like if a person's living their life as if it's true and their argument is you can't prove it doesn't, it's not true. Like what? Like how does that make any that, sense? That, that always boggles my brain. Like my thing would be this. Okay. Well, prove to me, show me how I can prove that it's not true. Like try to, if, have you ever disproved something before? Have you ever proved something never existed or something never happened? And so you're able to do that, then I'll take you up on your challenge. And so then you're just talking shit and backpedaling, basically. Yeah. But sometimes I use, I think it's pretty common, I use the example of gods from the Norse gods or the, the Greek gods as an example. Like if if a Christian or a uh, a Muslim saw me living and I and I was clearly worshiping the Olympian gods, they would be like, you're an idiot. Like, you don't know that that stuff's all fake yet? Like, well, how can you prove it's it's not real? Then I guess I can live my whole life as if it is. Like, that doesn't mean it's totally backwards thinking. It, it gets worse, though. Uh, wow, this is a really fluid conversation. I'm liking this. <laughs> um, uh, the, the one that I love is when I talk to believers or even non-believers, and they're like, well, you know, some of some of these myths might actually be true. Well, why is that? Well, because they found the ruins of that city in the Bible or in Troy or blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so wait a minute. You're saying because they found the ruins of Troy that um, the Olympian gods got involved in a uh, war of mortals and a yeah. guy who got dipped heads first into the river sticks got shot through the ankle and died. <laughs> I'm like, okay, by your logic, then Spider-Man is real because we know that there's, there's actually a New York City. There's a New York City. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Parker is swinging webs all through the fucking city. (laughs) (laughs) There are spider webs in New York City, therefore. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. And so, like, who knows? This could have been a play. The the whole the whole thing about Troy could have been a play that was written. It was it was stories that were told collectively over time around fires and with troops that were going to go to battle or do patrols. You know, these were, this was an art form, and it developed over time. Yeah, and, and, and I'm sorry, just because you can find evidence that a place existed doesn't mean that what's written about it is true. It's true, exactly. Yeah. It's just like with, um, that reminds me of the ancient alien TV show. Oh, God, I hate that show. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> yeah, Smashlock particularly hates that, that show. <laughs> my dad, my dad loves that show, and he's <laughs> drives me nuts. <laughs> Sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. People they um they hear about the show and then they watch the show. They say, "Oh, look, see, see, they figured it out. They 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 cracked the code or or whatnot." Yeah. 
And I'm like, they haven't cracked anything. All they had is nothing but conjecture because all they're doing is, I guess, reading um hieroglyphics or whatever and saying, oh, the ancient people meant this, so this had to happen. But they have no proof of, you know, any organism coming down to coming down to Earth to interact with us at all. All they have is conjecture. And these people, they eat it up because it's on TV. That's it. It's on TV and it's something that they already decided was real within themselves. Have you been feeling down because you can't understand your theist friends? Feeling like you want to contribute to the convo but don't know the words to express your deep insights? Are your spiritualist friends and conspiracy friends too vague for you to comprehend? Then have no fear. The Herb Derp Translator is here. The Herb Derp Translator is one of many products invented by Gullible Corp. There's no ADSC too small or big that the Herb Derp Translator can't handle. Whether you're on the phone, in church, or just having a casual conversation, the Herb Derp Translator is able to decode any amount of gibberish that you may encounter on a daily basis. How does this device work, you may ask? Well, we have our very own gullible top scientist, Preston McDougal, here to explain it to you. Take it away, Preston. Thanks, Mark. The Earth Derp Translator is a small handheld device that you can take practical anywhere. We attach the device with a BS decoder. That helps the device notice Earth Derp jargon, which then translates it into comprehensible English or any language that you set the device to. The great thing about this device is, there's nobody needed to activate it. The BS decoder is always on. It picks up any falsifiable jargon disguised as facts within a 30-foot radius. Get yours today! The Herb Derp Translator does not function with rationality, facts, or scientific claims. And if you are an idiot, do not purchase the Herb Derp Translator because it will make you hate yourself and you might die. And if you are a rational person, please purchase the Herb Derp Translator. Why? Because fuck you, you'll buy it. If they really wanted to know if it was true or not, I think that they would actually go out on a limb and do their own type of case studies or whatnot and take the scientific approach for what it is. You know, use the scientific method to actually prove that what they're saying is true. But, you know, I guess that's too hard for most people to do and people are too lazy to actually want to prove their claims true. And it's just it's just a it's just a repetitive cycle of bullshit and people get drawn into it too much because they want to believe in something. And they want you to believe in it, but they don't want to put in the work for skeptics to actually say, you know what? Okay, you made your point. You're right. All they can do is throw at homonyms and say, oh, you're closed minded. And then to them, they won the conversation and they're right. Happens every single time. You know, I I agree with you 100 percent. Honestly, in in reference to ancient aliens, I've had more than a few conversations about that show in particular. And one interesting conversation Ended with the person saying, again, you're closed-minded, and uh, you you don't see that this is even a possibility. And I said, I see it as a possibility as long as evidence can be produced. And then they started listing off all of this evidence that's presented by the show and the writers, right. um, Eric Von Donegan's books and whatnot. So I picked up on one, and I came back like a couple of days later, and I said, this is a real piece of evidence that you presented me that I have now got evidence to refute. And it was that one where they found that petrified spark plug. Okay. And, uh, I didn't yeah, hear about that. They, okay, well, anyways, these guys found this this perfectly round sphere of petrified dirt or whatever, and they cut it in half, and they found, like, a porcelain core with a with a 
copper core through that. Was this in Babylon or something? No, no, no. This was in the United States. Oh, wow. And so they they dated it, and apparently they dated it, and they said it was like 500,000 years old. And the ancient aliens people got all over it. Hell, even uh, Leonard Nimoy uh, narrated one of the shows that this thing was presented on, and when they did this cross-section uh, x-ray of it, it turned out, oh, you know, it, it, it's a spark plug-like device. So anyways, somebody somebody got a hold of this and sent the pictures and all the, the pertinent information to, um, it was like an organization in the United States that actually collect spark plugs. Like, they're, they're, they're a spark plug organization. Oh. And they identified it as a 1923 champion spark plug. Okay. Yeah, it's like, it's literally... So it's, a, it's even more amazing. It's a time-traveling spark plug. Time-traveling spark plug. <laughs> but, you know, and then they got mad at me. They got mad at me for presenting them with this evidence. And I'm yeah. like, you could have looked this up on your own. Right. You know, and, and, and that's the problem, is that a lot of the times, I think, when you're having these conversations in a social setting, um, it's not really possible for me to break out the peer-reviewed papers or the news articles that refute these claims that the person is making. So it becomes kind of like whose argument is more convincing in the moment. Yeah. And and, 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 and in those kind of social settings where these kind of ideas get spread the most, uh, it's really difficult to be skeptical because I can't literally present you with evidence at the moment. Uh, in the age of smartphones has made it a little bit easier to go click, 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 no, you're wrong, but even still. I mean, even if you did provide the peer review evidence for them, would they read it? Probably not. Exactly, because I've done that plenty of times, even on my Facebook page, on threads, where I'll get somebody to benefit of the doubt, and then I'll be like, okay, well, I'm going to show you something that debunks what you're saying. And then they, like, two seconds later, they, they respond already. I'm like, yo, did you even read what I posted? Yeah. Or did you just read the headline and say, no, I disagree already. I'm not even going to look at what they're trying to say. And that's, like, it's... It's annoying and it shows intellectual dishonesty. And the thing is, if you're going to come into these type of discussions, and if you really want to have an open mind, you have to come in them knowing that I can possibly be wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Have you ever had a situation, I've had this before, where uh, it was with another skeptic? And actually, the guy, he's not an idiot, but uh, I won't I won't name who it is, but this experienced skeptic and atheist, and he was on a show I was listening to, and he kept, just for fun, they were friends, but he kept dogging on the one host about not supporting the evidence of things he was saying with these little things, right? I could tell he was doing it just because they were friends and he was, you know, giving him ribs, right? Uh, but then he made a claim that was about how unhealthy it is to shave your pubic hair. So I got on the chat. Yeah, it was really weird. And he just said it was a fact and he like he was lecturing someone about it on the show. Like, you shouldn't do it. It's not healthy and blah, blah, blah. And it's a scientific fact. So I got on there and I just said, would you mind, since you've been dogging on the other guy, would you mind giving me evidence for that? Because I've never heard that before. And that's a medical claim I'd like to know. And then, so it, we went back and forth and he kept giving me these these posts that he was grabbing. Clearly, he was just going, doing a search on Google and then giving me the, the links because I read them. And eventually I was like, dude, are you even reading the links you're giving me? They are going against your case. They're giving From the links you've given me, it shows me that the claims are coming from recycled uh, stories from uh, trace back. You'll find it's a doctor in France who said it was, he had no evidence for it. It was just a suspicion he had based on his profession, but he had no evidence. I, I'm willing to do a lazy cursory search of this. I've gone to Google image and I've typed in unhealthy to shape pubic hair. Let's see what happens. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh God. 
Uh, <laughs> well, you ain't sleeping tonight. You know what, though? That says a lot because I've ran into that before, too. People who post things that actually debunk what they're saying. Yeah. And it shows that they probably didn't actually read it for what it was. They just took, they just cherry picked out of the article to make it seem like they were right all along. I love when they do that because it takes, it takes the, it takes, it takes out of the work of me having to do that for them, you know? But it was just so weird it's, that someone giving you ammunition against their original argument without realizing it. Exactly. It's awesome. It's like when, um, <laughs> it's like when you talk to anti-GMO people and they post Seralini project articles. Yeah. It's like, no, you're, you're, you know, you're kind of like, you're losing right now because <laughs> it's already been falsified in the bunk. So yeah, you need better evidence, but they, they don't get it. So for me, when I was younger, I was really conservative and Christian and I went to university and I became a hippie Christian and a liberal. And now that I'm more experienced and gone through a lot, I don't associate with left or right on case by case basis. So, but I, because of university, I have a lot of friends who are very liberal and they are constantly posting stuff about GMOs. And I am constantly going on there and being like, giving them links, like, like read up on the other side of the argument here. Uh, what, what I, me use a geek example of how I find a neat thing about skepticism. The more you focus on your critical skills and you develop them, it's kind of like um, with magic users. You can see this on Harry Potter. Eventually, they can do spells without speaking, right? The easier spells that they already knew for a long time, they just point their little wand and they shoot it. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to detection as a skeptic, certain things start becoming a red flag. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like things they don't want you to know. Right. <laughs> right. Red flag. Let me, then I, then I say, okay, let me bring up Google. Let me look into this, see if it's true or not. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, if you, even if you check on Smokes, it's like, no, it's false. It's not true. And then your friends that still believe it are, like, my liberal friends will be like, you just, you're believing the hype that they put a lot of this propaganda and they fund all the research. It's like, okay, those are all claims you need to, you need to give me something for that. Like, that they control the scientific field. Yeah, and you know what? When they say they, I say they who. Yeah, <laughs> they always say they, but they never give you a name. You know, well, except for Monsanto. Monsanto apparently yeah, is Monsanto, Monsanto. I have to say that nature hates vacuums as much as as much as the human mind does. Yeah, and I think a lot of these claims of supernatural or aliens or anything are a direct response to a person who is either. Not believing in the conventional, traditional view of the society that they're a part of. So mm-hmm. they either come to a rational realization. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to lead to skepticism, but it can lead to, uh, you know, a more realistic view of the world. And some of those people just say, I don't care either way. Uh, you know, uh, I don't believe in gods or aliens or ghosts or any of that stuff. And then it can lead into atheism and skepticism and, and that kind of stuff. But the other path that I think uh, giving up on one belief is, is going completely batshit crazy into the conspiracy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's, it's, yeah, like, like I've seen people who have given up on God. So to speak, not any one particular God, just any God. Well, because they see religion as part of a conspiracy of control. Yeah. Yeah, now all of a sudden they're Peter, they're they're not Peter Jackson. What's that guy's name? Peter, oh, the dude who did Zeitgeist. Oh, the guy who made Zeitgeist. Well, I know the movie. Yeah, Peter yeah. Joseph. Yeah, Peter Joseph. They're all like, yeah, Peter Joseph's the new Lord. You yeah, know, I, like, saw <laughs> I saw that movie. And I won't lie. I, I I caught into the hype at 
first. Yeah. And then yeah. I started looking into it. Like the only thing I liked about the movie um was the whole utopia part. I thought that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool because that makes me think of like if we reach like type one or type two abilities. But other than that, I was like the re- a lot of that shit was just bump. And the funny part is most of my friends, they didn't even look into it. They just shared it with me. And so they was like, oh, this is this is the future, and this is what we need to do. This is what we need to know. Da da da. You're keeping stuff from us. And then I look into it, and a lot of the claims that they made were debunked. And then and it's funny because when you go back to those same friends that you agreed with at one point and tell them, you know what, I don't agree with that shit anymore. They're like, oh well, you're you're just being controlled, and your mind's not pure, or all this other. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the same it's, argument you would get from a believer. I don't believe in God anymore. Well, you're being controlled by the devil, or you're being controlled by atheism, or you're just not seeing the evidence for what it is. Blah 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 blah. Anything, every argument against a position is always generally the same. You are closed-minded. You are not seeing it clearly. Essentially, you're stupid. Yeah, because uh, the because uh, the possibility of the claim not making sense at all isn't a possibility at all to them. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, they, yeah. they can't fathom that, oh, this shit can't be true. A lot of this stuff, I, I find that a lot of things when it comes to people's personal beliefs and why they kind of yeah, catch them in the first place or cling to them, there's, uh, first of all, identity issues. And that's why it's so hard to change some of them is because, mm-hmm. for instance, as a Christian, not only do you have your personal identity, I am a Christian, I am a child of God, uh, but also your, it, it ties into your community. Hmm. Uh, it's, it's similar to cults, but religions are just bigger. <laughs> so it, it's changing your thoughts about who you are. And then the other one that I think a lot of people miss out on with political issues is certain things tie into a sense of mortality. People right. are afraid of dying and they want to believe in some way they will exist forever. It's a very difficult thing to deal with. I know. I think, I think another aspect is, um, when people transition out of religion, but they still hold a lot of faulty ideas, I think is the need of, for them to feel special around other people. To say, yeah. yo, I have this information that you don't. Yeah. So I know more about something than you do. Like, it's, to me, it's, it's arrogant and it's dumb as hell. Like, uh, <laughs> you, you want to know what I find the personally, the, the most personally offensive and weak argument for uh, belief in the supernatural is whenever I'm talking to somebody who has one of these beliefs and they're like, I just want to feel like I'm part of something bigger than myself. I'm like, your body is composed of atoms that have been around since the creation of the universe 13.7 billion years ago and will exist until it either collapses in on itself or tears itself apart or dies of heat death. But some aspect of what is in you will persist for eternity or for as long as physics says this this existence will exist. How can How you would... not get excited about that? How can you not be feel special about that? How can you not feel connected to something when when it comes to that type of stuff, you know, like stuff yeah. like that gets me, it gets me amped. I get excited to it. Exactly, the iron in my blood kills stars. I'm a star killer. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, you're wanted for star homicide. Oh yeah, they want to lay low for a while. But it's true though. Like I mean, like beyond a hypernova, the stars' cores, if I uh, read, what I've read is correct, they don't process elements beyond iron naturally until they they go supernova so i mean literally some of the shit in our bodies is like stuff that kills stars man like this is awesome i'm gonna have to to use that in a rap i'm a star killer i'm using that (laughs) not a problem glad to help (laughs) thank you man you're welcome so um i have um i'm aware of it have two albums 
Uh, do you mind if I ask how, uh, like, your influences that went into the making of the two albums? Like, how you've, how you've been uh, kind of progressing in your artistic output? Hold on, can you um, ask the question one more time? Kind of... <laughs> Sorry about that. That's all right. Um, I have two of your albums, um, and I'm just wondering if you can tell us a little bit about, like, we're talking about your influences in life, uh, how that's played into the development of your albums. Like, what influences, just in general, what influences have really kind of pushed the development and the shape. Smashlock was just telling me I need to stop asking deep questions because whenever I do, we seem to lose connection. <laughs> <laughs> no, because that was that was a question I really had to think about. I haven't, you know, I haven't been asked that. Well, I've been asked it before, but not in uh, such a long time. Um, and I think my answer usually changes over time too, because different things inspired me to do what I do. But for the first two albums, the first one and listen, um. That was actually just a mixtape because none of the beats are original, but people still consider it an album, which I actually love that people do that because I was trying to make it in a way that it was one. And what inspired that, um, before I made that album, I recently got out of a psych unit because I tried to attempt to kill myself. Wow. And yeah, and I haven't, and I didn't work on music for like years because I was focused on other things like girls and other bullshit. And I realized that something was missing out of my life. And I was like, that was music. Cause I've, I've made music since I was like 16 years old in high school. And I started writing when I was in middle school. And <clears throat> that's something that I just, I feel like I, I had to write, I had, I had to make that to show people that like, yo, yes, I've been through this, but I'm still here and my head's still strong. Yeah. So that all those experiences like helped me make that on album. I, I, I've, I have heard that thread in there, um, and uh, I don't know um, what you all what you all went through and how it's all worked out for you. It's a little different for everyone, but I can tell you, as someone who's gone through a phase where I was really depressed, uh, a lot of the things that you express in your music on those topics immediately resonate. As like, I know that you know what you're talking about. Awesome, and and that's what I was trying to do because I know a lot of people they shrug off depression like it's nothing. It's like, oh, just just be happy and everything will be okay, but. For a person like me, I've been diagnosed with depression since I was in high school, and I was diagnosed with ADD and anxiety. So I, 
I'm a victim of those things. So I understand what it's like to be a person with a disorder. So I felt like I needed to make out make an album and make a song about how I feel about it. You know, how how it affects me, because maybe there's people out there that feel the same way that I do, because most of my friends like they don't suffer from depression or anything like that or how to take medication or nothing, you know, and it's like for the ones that that pretend that they could because the problem was people thought that they could fix my problem. Like right. my friends, I'm like, you guys aren't, you guys aren't specialists in this. You know, you guys don't see clients. You guys just see me. You know, you guys don't really know what's going on inside of my brain. So uh, I was like, let me make these songs for people who do know and people who may understand what I'm going through, so they could have a, you know, I guess a a place to go to where they're like, damn, somebody gets me. Yeah. And then and then I threw some atheism in it too, <clears throat> and some a little bit of science because. That's where I was at at that point. You know, that's where I, I just grew at. And at that point, since I was listening to Great and Squirrel, I was like, yo, let me let me give it a shot. Let me see if I could try to do something like that. And the responses that I got from my first album, it was pretty sweet. You know, people accepted me with open arms and it was freaking awesome. Awesome. Yeah, well, like I say, I've got it. <laughs> yeah. And the second album, I just... The second album is basically about atheism and other aspects about the world as far as um gay rights and stuff like that and skepticism. And I, re I really wanted to make like a full-blown album like that to show people, you know, this is the core of who I am. And if you deal with me, there are certain things that you're going to have to deal with if we're friends or if we're cool or whatever, or if we're acquaintances, whatever the case may be. Because I'm not the type, I'm no longer the type of person that just lets anyone tell me anything that they believe and they just get a, a thumbs up just because they're my friend. No, I'm going to question you. Yeah. I'm going to ask, why is this true or why should I believe it also? <clears throat> and that they, and that's, that's because the, because I don't only want to rap about atheism and skepticism. I want to rap about other things because before becoming an atheist, I didn't rap about that stuff, but I, I think I needed that therapeutically too. You know, I needed to do that for myself and for other people so they can know like, yo, you know, you're not alone in this, you know, cause being an atheist could be a lonely, could be a lonely route. And I just want people to know like, yo, I understand. Basically. Well, thanks to the internet. It's a lot less lonely now. Yeah. It, it, oh yeah. Yeah. They really, um, there's a, before we completely uh, move past the topic, um, there's a couple of things I just wanted to say that I really like the way you handled, um, when it comes to the issues of depression and those dark feelings, is one, I like the way that you uh, talk about it like there's two different people sometimes talking to you. Yeah. Yeah, you've got yeah. these two different, uh, it's not, they're not separate personalities as you present them, but two different sides of yourself that are, are talking to you about where your state of mind is, what, what you're going to do. Internal Conflicts by Adequate from the album Awkward Silence. Spazzing out for no damn reason, bro. Whatever, man. You tripping, bro. For real, bro. You need to tell them to fuck up, man. I ain't even trying to hear that shit. This is where the shit count. If I had now, it's all over. But they don't know that shit. I'm just trying to talk to you, man. Yeah, whatever, bro. It takes a lot to be always on the phone. It takes a lot. Answer the fucking phone, man. Call me. Maybe not all the time, all I Maybe I don't give a fuck about you or your life and the petty little things you go through. Maybe I like being an asshole. Maybe I don't care about what you wear or your holes in your cash flow. Maybe I'm a dickhead. 
that the God has been depressing me And maybe I'm just arrogant Maybe I get psychotic when I smoke these ox So please don't pass the spliff Maybe you should pass the lick What do you mean? The drink of the crime scene Honestly, I don't give a shit about nothing When I'm like this, I'm not funny You can tell from motherfuckers I made in my life, cousin At times I was bluffing Pretending to be hard But I still protected my name Up in the schoolyard My cousin was banging They said I couldn't be solid They woke my ass until they decided I had heart They stopped when I threw them blows back Maybe it didn't happen Maybe it did You'll never know Jack Maybe it doesn't matter That's besides the fact Cause now that I rap My life's much bigger than that Maybe to that way of expressing it um and the other one is uh you talk about a little bit about how the difference between who you are and your brain yeah yeah that's i know uh, when i was really depressed my friends and family weren't able to like specifically help me with what they were saying their support is important i mean their being around is important um but that's something that people who haven't been depressed i think have a really hard time getting is that they're there's something inside of the, your brain that you can you can cognitively talk to me about that doesn't make sense. This is not the way it should be, and I can agree with you. But then the, the I don't know. It's like a carrying force inside of you that you're constantly struggling against. Exactly, because because as humans, we're 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 naturally contradictive. And with me, like I try not to, but inside my head is like always like two voices screaming at each other, like. Do this. No, nah, don't do it. It's not going to make sense if you do it. Then the other one's like, no, do it because you might get something from it. Then it's just a bunch of uh, B. It just goes crazy. And I try to explain it to people and they say they get it. But my thing is you you don't get it. So don't pretend like you do get it until right. you actually gone through it, you know, and and then they still don't get it. Because I guess people people just want to be there for you, but they don't want to understand why you need them there or how you need them to be there for you, you know? Being that, being there is good. Just I guess to say, as long as I can avoid being judgmental or deciding that you're, they need to fix you because you're inconvenient for them. Like you're, you're a bummer. Exactly. <laughs> I've had I've had people actually tell me that. Oh, you like being depressed? I'm like, I like being depressed. Really? I like waking up 
Like, cause I could have a good, I could have a good day, and out of nowhere, it just, yeah. it just kicks in for no reason whatsoever. And they'll be like, "Oh, why are you sad? Why, why?" I'm like, "I don't know. That's the problem. I don't know." Yeah. I wish I had that answer, cause if I had that answer, I'd fix it, you know. But it's, it's not as, it's not as black, it's not as black and white as people try to paint it as. You know, what I'm really curious about, like currently I'm I'm studying uh, depression and, and uh, other mental disorders as part of my course, um, but there's a difference between understanding the theoretical view of it and then actually living it. Like I know people who suffer from depression and, and anxiety in, in my real life, you, my wife, uh, others, and... and I guess the problem from a person, I don't generally feel depression, or at least I don't identify it as depression. Like, I mean, you know, I've had a rough go with this. I'm renovating my house to get it ready to sell. Yeah. And uh, my my dishwasher broke down and flooded my kitchen, which was otherwise fine and ready to go. So then I had to tear up the floor and tear up the dishwasher. And, you know, I felt defeated. You know, boohoo, my first world problems, but, you know, I, I felt like, crap, this is going to cost me way more money than I can afford to do. This is going to slow everything down. Yeah. But I don't know if that really counts as depression or it's just kind of like a seething anger. I would say that what we're kind of talking about here, depression is when you have to struggle against your own mind, just mm-hmm. in ways that other people think don't make sense. Right. Yeah. yeah. For for me, I will say that I can relate to it. I, I seem depressed some days right now. I've developed strategies to remain uh, from going under. You know what I mean? I've got like, I won't go into it adequate, but I got like personal stresses that are external pressures right now that bring me down. But yeah. if the, if those were removed, um, this is there's different types of experiences with depression. Mm-hmm. I was fortunate in the sense that mine was a transitional phase of my life. It was really dark. It was very difficult, but I was leaving spirituality, religion, that old identity. A lot of things were changing for me. And so when I was able to get my head on straight about who I was and to kind of embrace life differently, my depression started to decrease. Then there's depression that is, it doesn't work that way. There's depression that just, it's onset and it goes on and on and on. And it's always got to be something struggled with. This is my struggle as a person who doesn't live with depression to try and understand it. But from the viewpoint of others, the one thing I've noticed as an observer um, is that if you remove the obstacle that is causing depression for somebody who's suffering from depression. So if they say, why are you bummed out today? And they're like, oh, well, this happened. So then you help them and you remove that obstacle. They still somehow manage to be depressed. It's yeah. like it, it wasn't actually the obstacle. The obstacle is what triggered the depression for that day. Exactly. But now now that it's out of the way, the floodgates are already rushing at you. You know, like you can't stop it no matter what. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's the one that I identify with. Because it, it doesn't have to be, like I said, like I could have, I could be having a great day. Like the other um, day, me and my girlfriend, we went to play laser tag. We did miniature golf. We went out to eat. And then I came back home and I was just like in the slumps, like, damn. Yeah. For no reason at all. You know, like I try to, like, even when I try to pinpoint it, it doesn't matter. You know, I try to pinpoint, oh, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. And then after a while, it just becomes everything and nothing at the same time. And it's like the only, the only thing that, that helps me, I guess, make it bearable is to stay productive, stay active, stay yeah. creative. Because even though I know those things only bring temporary happiness, I'm okay with that. Because if I can only be happy for about five minutes throughout my entire day, I would take that chance to be happy for those five minutes. And then the rest of the day just goes to shit. Like, I'd rather have that than nothing at all. Because I know what it's like to to not have happiness whatsoever, no matter if, even if good things are happening to me. 
I'll be like, oh, whatever. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. But now, uh, now I um I found a way for me to to you know to appreciate it and say, you know what, I'm happy for now. It might not last, but I'm gonna take it. Lots of probably about the most positive attitude you can have about that position. Yeah. I, think I mean, I don't. Speak I think it's effective. I yeah. think it's a really effective way to handle it. Yeah, because I don't speak from experience. Like honestly, when it comes to depression, I think I'm pretty safe in saying that I, whatever aspects of depression that I've ever suffered in my life have been momentary. You know, like oh, this girl just broke up with me. I'm so down. Yeah. Oh crap! Better go get another girlfriend. You know, or something, something along those lines. You know, natural. I wouldn't say that depression is unnatural, but like the more social view of what depression is. I'm bummed out. You're going to be bummed out for a few days. You're going to get over it. You're going to move on. That's, Whereas, that's what most people think. They think it's just oh, you're bummed out, so get over it. Yeah. Like like when it comes to a depression disorder, like it's not just you're bummed out, get over it. Like like I said, like most of the time, I don't even know why I am depressed. Like. Yeah, it, it it messes me up that bad that I'm like, damn, like, and it pisses me off even more because I'm like, I don't even know why. And when people try to understand, they're like, can you explain why you're upset? I'm like, I don't know why. I don't know why I'm depressed. Even my girlfriend, she um, she suffers from depression, and I I get into that same mindset like everyone else. Oh, why? And when she says she doesn't know, I just leave it alone. You know, I yeah. just say, oh, I'm here for you if you need anything. If you anything you need to talk about, I'm here for you. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And that's how more, that's how I feel most people should should approach their friends or family that suffer from depression because that even though it's is is minuscule but it really does help a lot just to say, yo, I'm not going to judge you. I'm just going to be here to understand if you need somebody to talk to because that's what most people who suffer from depression wants is not to be judged, not to be not not for someone to say you just want to be this way or you're just looking for attention or all this other dumb shit. There's a lot of fear around depression i i notice as well fear of what other people are going to think of you if you're depressed for no reason fear that people are going to think that you're trying to vie for sympathy like there, there, there's a lot of internalized anxiety and i guess that's maybe where the anxiety comes in the, the anxiety over being depressed yeah yeah because you, know, you want because you don't want you don't want people to think that you're just you're just depressed just because you want, like you said, just attention and all that. And that alone just makes you say, damn, I don't want to be depressed no more, but there's really nothing I can do about it. And people will understand that depression isn't just, like a depression disorder isn't just a scapegoat for you to be sad and for you to be angry or whatever the case may be. Then I think that more people who have depression will be open to speak about it and how they feel about it. Because most of my friends, like I told you before, like most of my friends, I'll tell them how I'm feeling and they'll say, oh, you just want to be this way because that's how you are. You're just a pessimist and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I may be a pessimist, but that that's not why I'm depressed. You know, like, I don't even know why I'm depressed. If I was able to, if people will understand that I'm not able to let you know the exact reason why I'm depressed, then even with other people who suffer from depression, like maybe the world would be a better place or the world, not a better place, but more people will sympathize with people who suffer from depression and they could understand that. Like yeah. most people don't know why they're depressed. Oh yeah. It's there's, yeah, there's, there's different complicated things, but like I say, I think the most important thing to take away is what you were talking about is just saying, I can, you know, I can be here for you. You don't need to solve a depressed person's problems. It's naturally you want to, especially if you care about the person. But right. be, because it's kind of an irrational place that it's starting most of the times anyways, like the overall anyways, it's irrational, it's, it's a feeling, it's a state of mind. You you really just have to kind of sit there with them while they're trying to wade their way through it. Yeah, and the thing is, like, I don't, like, when I'm going through it, I don't want answers from people. 
I just want to express how I'm feeling at the moment. Like, I don't want you to figure it out for me. I don't want you to solve my problems because I'm a, I feel like I'm a strong person through all the things that I've been through and yeah. I've relatively solved most of my problems on my own. So for you to think that you could solve something that you're not um, a specialist in is, is a bit of a slap in the face, you know, because it's like, well, when I'm depressed and da da da, this is how I handle it. Yeah, but there's a difference between a depression disorder and somebody that goes through depression due to, you know, like the, a family member dying you know, or stuff yeah. like that. Yep. And there's a difference between that because I could have a job and everything could be going awesome in my life and I'll still be depressed. Like I have everything to be happy for, but I'll still be down and out like that. To defend the non-specialist, though, from my, from and again, this is all because I don't suffer from depression. Um for me, in my life, whenever I've been kind of kicked while I'm down, because it happens to everyone, um, you know, if, I, if I'm if i floundering in the water about to go under, I don't question if the person reaching out their hand is a lifeguard. You know what I mean? As long as you're going to keep my head above water long enough for me to get the help I need, you know, I appreciate yeah. the sentiment behind it. Right. Uh, right. So, um, so adequate. For, for me, there's a group of friends that I had. Like, my, my family, like I say, being believers, and part of my issue was that I would I couldn't no I can no longer turn to God and say, Well, now God's gonna make it okay. God's looking out for me. That that really played into what I was going through. Uh so I had a group of friends and Smashlock's one of them. So he saw he saw me going through this phase. Uh so what I would say is that you guys you guys did your job well. You guys were not judgmental, you didn't push it. Um and sometimes the conversation would come up about my state of mind and these guys were good because sometimes I remember sitting there with you guys uh one or two at a time and I would be talking to you about why it was wrong to kill yourself. It was pretty point blank. And I, were you ever there for one of those conversations? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you guys didn't freak out. You didn't start like guilt tripping me or anything like that. You had the conversation. And, um, that's, that's the kind of thing that was helpful that if I wanted to talk about it, you guys would have the conversation and you wouldn't judge me for it. But when I just basically want to be left alone, you guys would just be content to be in the room with me. Yeah. Well, that's the advantage of having a group of friends who are garage philosophers. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I call us. Like, honestly, we just sit around in the garage and, at the time, would smoke cigarettes and talk about whatever. Like, it was the most asinine conversations you can come up with we were willing to discuss. So I, yeah. maybe at the time, it was lost on a few of the other members that how serious the conversation was. I don't think it was on me, and I don't think it was on uh, a few others. But, yeah. you know, I think being able to have an open dialogue with very little limitation to what the topic matter is is really helpful to a person who's working through problems. Right. And I'll say this because I'm fortunate to have a group of friends that are like that were like that when I was going through my spill. Um, my best friend, Arnell, um, he was actually there the day that the well, the night going into where I was attempting uh, suicide. And I was telling him, I was like, man, I can't I just can't take it no more. You know, like I'm I'm over it. I'm done. <clears throat> and he sat there with me for like five hours and just talked to me and just chill with me. Without, like, he didn't, he just, he just asked, yo, Jay, what's wrong, man? Like, what's wrong? And I just told him, like, yo, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the hell was wrong. And all we did, we did what we normally do, you know? Smoke, drink, listen to some music, vibe with each other. Yeah. And then he left. And then I did what I did. And he was, him and a few, and another friend came to visit me when I was in the psych unit. They weren't able to get in because they came when, it, when the visiting hours were closed. But my mom saw them on her way in. And that meant a lot to me, you know, because he had, he actually brought a friend that I haven't seen in years. And when that friend heard about it, they were there for me. Yeah. 
and like they never like judged me even when i got out like arnell he's um he picked me up and i still have some money on me so i was like yo take me to the um to the liquor store he's like bro i'm not taking you to the liquor store i'm like for real he's like no i'm just playing with you jay i know you ain't gonna do nothing stupid again he's like but if you need something i'm here for you bro like you want me to post with you i'll post with you I was like, cool, but I was like, I'm going to just chill by myself and reflect on what happened and everything. And ever since then, like, he's never judged me. He never, like, he only brought it up one time and I had to tell him, like, yo, like, don't, because he was, he was trying to be there for me, but it was in a setting where it was at the wrong time because it was around a bunch of people that I didn't know. And he was just like, yo, Jay, you can't, you can't do that no more and this and this and that. And I'm like, yo, I understand what you're saying, but you're doing that at the wrong time because these people I don't know. But other than that, he's always been there for me. Yeah. Like, whenever I needed somebody to talk to, he'll come through. He'll kick it with me for no reason at all, just to be around me and just to chill. And, like, people like that, and I have other friends like that, too. But those type of friends I'm very grateful for because they never judge me about it. Like, they never say, oh, what the hell were you thinking? Don't, 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 don't be that way. There's no reason for you to be depressed, da, da, da. Because they understand that they don't get it. You know what I mean? Definitely. Well, adequate. Um, this is Smashlock here. Um, I have to get going. The skill saw at my garage is calling my name. So, as per usual, I'm ducking out a little early. It was an absolute pleasure to talk to you and get your thoughts on all of these different topics. Uh, enjoy the rest of the interview with uh, Dragonbeard. I enjoyed having you on here too, bro, man. You have a good one. Yeah, you too. All right. All right. See you later. I think the only time we were talking about it, the only time that I can remember any of my friends ever kind of lecturing me, like, like being sharp with me during the whole period. And there was like, there's like eight guys I'm talking about. And each one of them had like a really shining side that came out through the experience at some point, each in their own way. Uh, but the one guy, his shining side was we're walking along one day and I was feeling guilty about the way I was, you know, affecting people around me with my, you know, my moods and my attitude, my state of mind. And after listening to me for a while, I guess, going on about this, he just stopped and he turned at me right away. He's very angry looking in his eyes and he goes, dude, you've got some fucking problems and it's a right to fucking deal with it. Damn, that's an honest response. Yeah. That's an honest response. There's no judgment there. You're like, he's accepting it for what it is. I'm like, yo, it's okay for you to deal with it. Just do what you have to do to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, these guys are awesome. Um, one guy uh, in the group, I remember his comment one night too, uh, he doesn't believe there's anything after you die. And I was, like I say, still leaving the vestiges of my spirituality phase or whatever. And so I was like, well, with you, you don't believe in God or anything. So if someone, you know, kills themselves, is it really wrong? And he just looked at me. He had a sad look in his eyes. And he goes, I'm not going to say it's wrong, but what a waste. And yeah. Things like that, I remember those to this day very clearly. And, you know, honestly, I, I agree with that. I mean, not not throwing any dirt on anybody who commits suicide. It's just... You only, my thing is you only get one life and there's so much potential to fulfill in that one segment of, you know, of, of existence. So yeah, right now for me committing suicide again, isn't an option. I mean, I, I, I think about it from time to time, but actually going through it, no, nah, it's not an option. Like I've, I feel like I've gained too much to just let it go to just throw it all away you know like yeah i have i have my girlfriend my family you know my my fans that support me grand unified and now i'm at the point that i i do i feel like if i and this is me personally if i decided to commit suicide again it would be selfish if i did it i'm not saying anybody else i'm saying for me personally yeah there's a lot of people that i've helped by going through you know my suicidal phase like yeah that's helped a lot of people because it translated through my music. So for me to 
go that route again, knowing that I've probably helped someone not want to kill themselves, will be a slap to them to their face. So I'm here to just you know keep reminding people like, yo, it's okay, you know, you'll get through it. Find something that makes you happy, or or find some way to deal with it. So try to find something to make it more bearable because it's hard, you know, it's it's hard feeling that you're just all by yourself and no one's there for you. When some, well, most of us, we already know, like, that's kind of not true. But that feeling that it is true is what kills you on the inside. Would you say that it's fair to say that your perspective on how you approach life has changed? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Like, I take every opportunity I can. Like, even with this podcast, you know, I could have said, no, I'm not going to do it. But any opportunity I can to speak out on something or to help someone, you know, I'm down for it. Because who knows? I might have said something that sparked in their mind. Like, you know what? Let me put that gun down. Or, you know what? Let me pick up a pen and pad and write some lyrics. You know what? Let me actually go out for that job interview or whatever, you know, like yeah, to be yeah. able to, to um, because I had somebody hit me up. They told me that my music made them want to go to college. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. And I was like, really? My music made you want to do that? Because they said it was something they was um wrestling with in their mind for a while and they didn't know they should do it or not. They said my song, Get Something, is what made them want to actually do it. Yeah. Wow. Dude, that is awesome. That must be such a good feeling to hear that. Yeah, because I'm like, it's little old me. Like, I'm not nobody that's known like that or special like that. But there are people out there that look at me like, yo, adequate. I, I rock with him. I like him. You know, he, he has something to say. He's been through similar situations that I've been through. And I could get where he's coming from. So stuff like that is why I just say, you know what? Even though I'm depressed, I'm going to still try to get stuff done. Because those type of responses... It actually helps heal the depression a little more every day when I get messages like that. So it's something, that's what I'm saying, it's something worth living for. Stay focused from the album Awkward Silence. Even though you don't want to, focus on your dreams. How to make them all come true. The harsh reality of life. Some win and some lose. Leave the past in the past. Don't let it define you. Take notice. Other people are going through shit too. It's easier to make excuses. Always harder to do. And the longer you keep doing that, nothing will come through. Start making some moves. Remember it's on you. So stay focused. Even though you don't want to. Focus on your dreams, how to make them all come true The harsh reality of your life, some win and some lose Leave the past in the past, don't let it define you And take notes, other people are going through shit too It's easier to make excuses, always harder to do And the longer you keep doing that, nothing will come true Start making some moves, remember it's on you So stay focused as my reality sets like the sun of dusk I contemplate the tragedies next I'm sadly depressed, I weigh down like gravity Is it all up in my mind? Am I just being pressed? I think of the sex and how they fuck a family neglects If you're an atheist, they find it hard to accept And the Sharia says if you don't follow the text of the Quran You're kicked out, know what you the best But I'm going through some things on my own So when my fam hits me up and I don't answer my phone Why can't they just leave me alone and let me soak in my misery Stop chasing my goals and waiting for an epiphany How did my life get like this? Seems like the new trend for me is I complaining I bitch Opportunities get pitched but I swing it I miss Contemplating should I exist and I just know tips I ain't focused even though you don't want to Focus on your dreams, how to make them all come true The harsh reality of your life, some win and some lose Leave the past in the past, don't let it define you And take notes, other people are going through shit too It's easier to make excuses, always harder to do And the longer you keep doing that, nothing will come through Start making some moves, remember it's on you So stay focused
have no choice but to get back up Chest pains from the liquor that I mix with my blood Wakes me up in cold sweat, so I spit that up All over my bed sheets, waking up next to the tub Got another hangover, yet I still don't learn Feel like the planes on 9-11, how I crash and I burn Mostly invested in my habit from the cash that I earn To mask my insecurities, another concern I need to stop making excuses before I lose it And go back to a psych unit Get back to the type music Stop alcohol abuse And take control over my life And start showing improvements And what the fuck you been waiting for? Maybe a worldwide global band of liquor stores Shit, I'm just kidding I just need to tighten up Without liquor in my cup You focus Even though you don't want to Focus on your dreams and I make them all come true The harsh reality of life somewhere in some news Leave the past in the past, don't let it define you And take notes Other people are going through shit too It's easier to make excuses, no way it's harder to do And the longer you keep doing that, nothing will come through Start making some moves, remember it's on you So stay focused I think I finally figured it out By the past few years I've been living in doubt I keep holding on to things I could be living without Let go of lost causes, fake friends and hearts Regardless, I'ma put those things to the side To reevaluate the top priorities in my life Like music, my family and health, my lyrical ties My lady, myself, I can't forget, grant you the vibe Maybe I'm doing this for nothing and I need you to stop Did those voices go again when I get lost in my thoughts? Instead of ignoring them, I'ma turn them permanently off Easier said than done, I promise it's a work on your flaws But I got nothing but rap, so I'ma give this my all And be sure to pick myself up every time that I fall I have a hard head, I keep Running into that wall, and that shit started to hurt. Now it's time to evolve. And stay focused, even though you don't want to. Focus on your dreams, and I make them all come true. The harsh reality of life, some win and some lose. Leave the past in the past, don't let it define you. And take notes. Other people are going through shit too. It's easier to make excuses, no way it's harder to do. And the longer you keep doing that, nothing will come through. Start making some moves, remember it's on you. So stay Yo, focused, even though you don't want to. How to make them all come true Somewhere in some years Don't let it define you Other people are going through shit too forget about my man Agma Always harder to do Can't forget about Kalashnikov Nothing will come through For it's a holiday The perspective that, that changed for me was that I was able to switch over to the way I express it to my friends because they were wondering, like, well, they realized I wasn't depressed anymore. They realized it at some point, and they wanted to know, like, what changed. And I said, the only thing that's changed is the way I approach life. Uh, like, that, for me, that was enough. That was what caused the depression, these conflicts inside. And uh, so for me, what I said is, uh, now I approach life as an adventure rather than a destiny. I used oh. to believe I had this destiny and that things were arranged with God up ahead or, you know, overhead, and there's a plan. And so there's a purpose to everything. And now the purpose is made as I go. Exactly. And and it reminds me of a Tombstone song, Purpose. That song actually helped redirect my transition of thought because the song Purpose, I was like, because he says, I make my own purpose. Yeah. I make my own purpose. That's like five words, but those words are so strong. Yeah. Have you ever tried saying them to a Christian? Because I've tried a couple of times and it confuses them. <laughs> they don't get it. They don't get it because yeah. they feel everything is predestined. Yeah. And I don't feel that way. I don't feel things are predestined. I feel that you always have a chance to change the outcome of your life all the time, even if you're at the bottom of the bottom. It, it depends on if you want it as bad as you claim you do. And if you do want it, then you need to do everything within your means to um to make that happen. Yeah. And to, to backtrack a little bit, another thing that changed my out my view of life, I remember I was in the psych unit. When they... um. When you commit suicide, 
they make you go to a psych unit. So when this experience happened, I was talking to my mom and we were in, we were in the hospital and I was on the hospital bed and I was so angry at her because she's the one that found me and saw what I was doing. And I was, I was knocked out for like, like 12 hours just sleep. And she was really afraid because she found me in the kitchen and I was knocked out on the kitchen floor and she picked me up and put me in my bed. And she was just scared. So she called the EMTs and the ambulance and all that. And then when I got in the hospital, I was like very angry at her when I saw her. And I was like, why did you do this? Why did you, why did you put me here? Why did you bring me to this place? She was like, I didn't do it. You did it. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, she's like, your actions did this. Yeah. And she's like, baby, I love you, but you need to learn how to own up for the things that you do. Yeah. That right there, it clicked in my head. I was like, damn, she's right. Because I was always blaming others for my downfalls and what I did and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I never really say, yo, you're the one that's making it this way. You're the one that's doing it. That's And that's, you know what? That is a huge life changer as well, that understanding. Uh, I you You must know people like this who never seem to figure that out. They go through their entire life. And they are constantly never to blame for, for anything. For, yeah. It's just like, how can you really think that way? And I guess they just never had that moment where it was like, uh, it clicked for them. Like, oh, yeah. And I tell people empowerment does not come uh, through someone else giving it to you. Empowerment really comes from taking responsibility. That's where real empowerment comes from. Exactly. And that's why, like, her telling me that, mind you, she's a Christian, but that doesn't matter anyway. It's just those yeah. words. Yep were something that I really needed to hear from anyone. You know what I'm saying? It didn't have to come from her. Yeah. It could have came from anyone. And I think at that time in my life, if he, even if it would have came from a nurse, that that would have clicked. That it would have been like, damn, yeah, there it is. That's that's exactly what's going on right now. Like, you're blaming every... You you blame, that's all I ever do. Like, well, that's all I ever did was blame everybody else for my shit. Like, never took any accountability for any of my actions and just said, oh, no, it was that person. Yeah. Or that person. And your life has... Your life has become more satisfying since you took that perspective, right? Yeah, because it makes you more honest with yourself yeah. when you do certain things. And it's like, you know, and, and it makes you say, you know what, maybe I won't do that because this might transpire. Maybe I won't do this because this might transpire. So you have to, and, and it makes you, you have to be honest with yourself at the end of the day. Because if you're not honest with yourself, you can't be honest with anyone. Right. Yep. You can't expect anyone else to be honest with you. So it's a, it goes both ways. So Yeah, I... When you're talking, when you're talking about uh, uh, keeping busy, doing stuff, uh, I I could not agree with you more. Um, when my personal problems, um, I don't know if you've listened to the show at all. I I'll just say that uh, I've got, I'm going through. I've been divorced. I'm going through a separation, and we have one child. So it's a lot of stress. No matter who you are, there's a lot of stress involved in all of that. And okay. so I started this podcast while that was going on at the beginning, like you know, about the first six months of it, um, because I always wanted to do this anyways. But I also knew that I was not keeping myself focused on any projects. <laughs> right. And it's, it is important because this is a strategy that will keep... Let me use the analogy I've given some people before. Um, so life is like a river. So life is good. You float into the... You know, you walk into the river. You can see the fish, whatever you want to fish or whatever you're doing in the analogy. I don't know why you're in the river. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> but you're in the river. But sometimes when life is tough, you've got those... those you're in a rapids, right? It's, it's a harsh flow. Yeah. And... Uh, so the important thing is to keep taking steps in the direction you want to go and keep the struggle going. You need something to keep you busy because I said when I was depressed before, what I, what I did was eventually I, I would just curl up into a ball and float off into the darkness. 
And that is what you cannot do. You have to keep struggling against the, the that tide. Because you, and not only that, even with the tide, you have to know where you're going. Yeah. And you have to know why you're fighting against the tide. Because if you don't know, it's like what you say, you just curl up, curl up in the ball and just let the tide take you to wherever you want, to wherever it wants to take you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the one thing you can't do. And that's the one thing I had to learn. I had to stop, you know, going with the wind and just basically, I guess, not giving a fuck about anything. Once I, once I found something that I really cared about and I've always cared about it, it's just I didn't have the means or the know-how to do it. And that was the hardest thing, especially with the music, because I've recorded before, but like I said, I got sidetracked and I let other things in my life get in the way of that. And then once I realized, yo, you have to you have to keep doing this. You have to get back into that because that's one thing that made you happy. It's like what you said while doing the podcast, like podcasts make you happy. Making music makes me happy. So why would I not? Why wouldn't I do it? You know, I think that's that's ridiculous to not to, to not do something you actually enjoy doing. Because yeah. if you're not doing something that you enjoy doing, I feel like you're kind of wasting your life away. Yeah. And and doing something uh, that you love, obviously, is the best way to go. But there's the there's the love of it, which is important. And the doing of it is kind of like I consider it like touchstone. Right. It's it's this is real. This is yeah. something that's real. Uh, so when I start feeling overwhelmed with, uh, like I said, for me right now, it's external things. When I start feeling overwhelmed and things seem dark, this is something I can sit down. And I can set that stuff aside and I can start working on this. And it's something more practical, something that, I, like you say, I enjoy. And then by the end of that, for some reason, I just feel like, okay, I'm a little more connected to what's really going on. These things that are heavy don't seem to be as overwhelming right now. Yeah, that's how it works for me, too. That's why I said, like, that little, just that little um, escape of happiness that I could gain from doing what I love is enough for me to keep doing it when my depression kicks in. Like, yo, just just do it. Like, there's no, like, there used to be a point where I have to, like, force myself and fight with myself to do it. But now it's like, okay, get up, go right. Get up, go record. Get up, write a script for YouTube videos. You know what I'm saying? Like, just do it. Because, and and the fact that people actually like that I do it makes me want to do it even more. And I just want to say this, too, that I know you've got a good sense of humor. That's also helpful. Like, you're, you're on your video, and you've got a er, erp derp, but you also got the video, the erp derp translator. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. People love that. Actually, I came up with that. I was taking a shower and I came up with that because I was thinking of um, <laughs> how can I do a, a commercial about something and what would it be about? I was like, oh, and then, then the the Herb Derp song with me and Tombstone came in my head. I was like, oh, Herb Derp translator. Yeah. And <laughs> that happened and people, they, they really loved it. I even have one uh, about um video gaming and gamers, like gamers are violent because there's always like people saying, oh, gamers, they're just violent and they just use the console to um make up for... Well, they use the console as a scapegoat to not really hurt people in real life. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of true, but isn't it better that I beat up a simulator rather than you? You know, like, yeah, I don't see nothing wrong with that. But I agree. I, I think having a sense of humor actually helps me a lot because I don't know. I think I'm a, I'm a pretty funny person, but it's just at the same time, a lot of people that I'm around, like, they don't get my type of humor. Well, see, but that's, again, that's the advantage of, of the, the world we live in now that online if you feel people around you don't necessarily connect to humor you're gonna find people online that do and i think yourself some of the stuff you put up there makes me laugh out loud like lol <laughs> uh, awesome you're welcome man that's what i do it for man <laughs> i like to make people see i like to i actually like making people happy like that's that's my thing i like making people smile and laugh because even when i talk to like all my fellow gu members like ogba or tombstone you know Every time we talk, 
it's a laughing session every single time and awesome. it's freaking awesome and to have people like that in my corner it's it's fucking sweet because like to have people just accept you for who you are because i say some of the um most random shit because i kind of don't have a filter and for them to not look at it like damn why did you say that they just laugh like damn that was funny as fuck that was clever and i really appreciate shit like that yeah clever. A lot of people, they don't get it clever is the word you you have uh a, a clever way of of, of phrasing things like uh, your second album, Awkward Silence. Uh, you're talking about where does that come from? Uh, as, as I understand from your album, you're asking like when someone says something really fucked up and everyone's quiet, like, and you're thinking, did anyone else just hear that shit? Exactly. Like, I'm, cause I'm like, I know I'm not the only one that heard it. Yeah. Come on. And <laughs> so nobody's going to say nothing. So then I, I feel like it's my duty to check them about what they said. But I, I know everyone's had that experience when some, someone in the group suddenly says something so. It's just so bizarre, and then everyone's thinking exactly what you just said, right? Like everyone wants to say nothing, right? Like we're all thinking, did, did they notice that? Like that was really fucked up, right? <laughs> and then you know what? But what pisses me off even more when everybody just says, "Yeah, yeah, that's right," but you're not like, "No, no, you're all bullshitting <laughs> with this person that's bullshitting." Why aren't you calling them out? Like, nah, because I've, I've I used to be a very like passive person, but then I got to the point I was like, "No, man, I'm not letting people just." say whatever the hell they want to say to me just because I'm their friend. No, man, if you say something, you better own up to that shit because I'm going to call you out if it's some BS every single time. Yeah. Every time. And you know what? And that's a sign of... I I have some friends that are that are atheists, they're rational, well-educated people, and uh, when they hear me having a discourse, especially on something like Facebook, I've, I've become more careful how I do it on social media with friends and family, but I will have these discussions and they'll just say to me, look, you know what? That's disrespectful. You're not going to get anywhere. They, uh, and I say to them, look, I respect those people more than you. You don't feel that they're as smart as you because you get it that there's no God or that you're stronger because you can accept it and they can't. But that's not the way this works. If their ideas are challenged, people can rise to the occasion if they choose to. Right? It's, and I think that's a sign of respect to be able to have, have the discussion. And, you know, like I've said to people, there's time and place like, if I'm at uh, someone's funeral and I turn to the person next to me, their grieving wife or whatever, I'm like, you know, they. Yeah, I'm not gonna be like, oh well, <laughs> they're not going to heaven or no, like I'm not. Gonna be like that. That's that's just being an asshole. But on social media, and, and this is why I agree with you actually, because you never know who's watching, you know. Because I've gone back and forth with people and had people like, damn, you know, you really made me think about what was going on, you know. People that didn't even interject into the conversation, they didn't say nothing. They were just watching, reading to see what transpired. And that's what you have to keep in mind. And that's why I tell people, even on social media or even in person, like, I'm not going to bite my tongue for anyone. And and I shouldn't. And like you said, like, I feel like I'm I'm actually respecting what you're saying by questioning it. Because I want to know if it's actually true or not. I want to know, how did you come to this conclusion? Me questioning you isn't isn't demeaning you or being mean to you because a lot of people they take it like oh if you reject my idea you're rejecting me like no like your ideas and and who you are as a person to me are completely separate yeah. unless you let those ideas um unless you let those ideas influence the way that you act but a lot of people they have ideas that don't really influence the way that they act unless they're fundamentalists and their ideas and that's why I question those ideas. I don't I'm not doing it to seem like I'm the skeptic debunker or super atheist asshole or anything. Like I'm not even rude with it. There was a point where I was rude, but after a while I was like, no, because it's yeah. people watching. Learning and, the learning yeah, curve, right? Too, you know? Yeah. And 
And, that, and that's why I don't think it's disrespectful to challenge people for what they say. And that's why I made awkward silence so people could say, yo, he said A and B. Let me question that. Let me see if, if that actually makes sense. Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah. I had a learning curve. At first, I would just kind of nail people. And then I started with friends and family anyways on Facebook. Uh, and I guess their friends and family as extension. I try to remember that many times Facebook is like sitting down with friends and family for dinner. So um, I try to use that as a guide. Like there are times it's appropriate if, for instance, my brother's a minister and him, he and I have only managed, we've managed to avoid serious fights online except for once. Uh, of course it was abortion, <laughs> oh, but I mean, I think that's really good because, uh, we've managed to be able to have quite a few conversations, but also have that place where it's like, we don't want to wear on our relationship by constantly d discussing our disagreements that we already know are there. So, uh, if we're sitting at the table and I put, you know, I, I say something generally and he turns to me and goes, okay, I want to have a conversation about that. Uh, or the other way around, then we can have the discussion and there's much less chance that we're going to get into a fight. Exactly, because I think, like I was saying before, like the thing is, people have to come into these discussions realizing that they could, that they can be wrong. Yeah. And if you don't do that, then it just turns into shit slinging and and, <laughs> and all that other BS. And yeah. when once it gets to that, I mean, I've I've gotten into that before, where like if there's like somebody on my page that always comes on my page just to talk shit about anything that I have to say, as soon as they start throwing personal attacks. I do the same thing, but not, not, not really. I don't really throw personal attacks, but I make fun of them for doing that. I'm like, yeah. okay, so, so now we're playing our homonyms, right? You know what I'm saying? And then they're like, add what, what does that even mean? I'm like, exactly. You know, like just to rile them up. Cause they think they're rallying me up, but I'm, I'm at the crib chilling, just laughing at the shit. Like, yo, this is yeah. this conversation and it's, <laughs> it's really getting nowhere. Like I'm, I'm, a, I'm attempting to see where you're coming from. But since I disagree with you, you feel like that's fair game for you to call me a dick or a fag or whatever you want to call me. Yeah. And that and what they don't realize, that takes the conversation nowhere. Like, why can't we sit here and have civil discourse and actually hash out our views so we could at least, even if we don't come to a conclusion, we could at least come to an understanding why this person feels that way or the other and vice versa. Yeah, they're just, they're just looking for a fight, some people. Yeah, some people, they just... Like, cause I feel like every conversation doesn't have to be a debate, right? And I, and I even with debates, I don't think that debates are necessarily meant to be won or lost. You know, like yeah, like people like I tell people the um the Bill Nye and Ken Ham debate that was, to me that was an awesome debate. Yeah, because it shows you both sides of the picture. And Nye hats off to him because the way that he did it, he wasn't preachy about it. Yeah, All he did was stick to the facts. And if more people did that in every um extension of this of discourse i think that people will have a better understanding of their opposition's view but the po the problem is people don't want to have an understanding of the opposition they just want to be right one thing that i think that you i and smashlock though we each do it in our own way being different people different experiences one thing that we do i'm sure we would have in common is that one of the driving forces that takes us to the places that we're at with our understanding our mindset is that we're more interested in knowing the truth than being right uh, in the sense of some people are just there. They want to win the fight. They want to have people acknowledge that what they think is right, as and opposed we, to having those ideas challenged and finding something new is actually true or that their understanding was incomplete. Exactly. Cause doing, doing the former, all that does is lead to groupthink. Yeah. And then you just have a bunch of people cheering you on while you're wrong the entire time. Yeah. And that doesn't, that's not progression. That's just, that's just 
that's just using the guise of saying you're an intellectual just to say it and not actually being one. And I don't I don't rock with that because I feel like that's very freaking arrogant. And people who are like that, it pisses me off because I, I used to be like that. I used to think that I was always right, that I had all the answers. And then when I realized that I didn't have all the answers, it humbled me down to be like, you know what? Even though I disagree with you, I'm going to at least give you the chance to explain yourself. But then at the same time, you have to give me the chance to explain why I disagree with you. And if you post a link on my thread, I'm going to read it. But you have to be willing to read mine, too. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to faith and people leaving faith, right? One of the things that sometimes people will say is that something bad must have happened or whatever that you lost your faith, yeah. you know, or maybe your faith wasn't strong enough in the first place. And I, I've explained this to more than one person that what actually led me away from the faith was having it. Because right. I made the mistake of really believing that God was truth. And so when I decided to pursue truth by testing the claims that had been made, uh, the first one I tested was in university because I met, uh, I went for theater. And so you can imagine I met a lot of gay people <laughs> for, some, yeah. for some reason. It's like a magnet. And uh, we would get in these discussions. They would want, they would, they would put me in a spot where I didn't want to say anything to them about my beliefs, right? That love the sinner, hate the sin crap. Right. 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 But they would put me on the spot, be like, no, seriously, like, what do you think about this? Because I was such, I, I know they thought I was a nice guy. Everyone liked me. They, I think were hoping that I'd be one of those Christians that would say, oh, it's, it's, you know what? Christians misunderstand. But I'd be like, you know, the Bible says it's wrong. And it would, I could see it would hurt them. Right. I, I hated this. So I'm like, finally, I was like, you know what? Uh, if I want to be honest with myself as a good person, I need to challenge this because I need to know for sure what I'm saying is, you know, is justified. Exactly. And, and when I looked at the other side, it just all collapsed. It just fell right over. Yeah, because a lot of, I wouldn't necessarily say that I've, I ever, I've ever hated gay people or was a bigot, but I did share some of the views because, you know, group thing, most of my friends were bigots because I'm from Miami. And <laughs> there's a, like, seriously, I'm from Miami. There's a lot of, um, what, what what's the word? Like, um, ah, Caribbean folk. Okay. In Miami. Okay. And, and the Caribbean being gay is a no-no. Okay. Like, they'll literally stone you in the street for being gay. Oh, wow. So, you know, being around people that are, like, Jamaican, uh, Haitian, Trinidadian, and all that, or Cuban and um, Puerto Rican and Dominican, they, a lot of them held those type of views. And those were my friends. And in order to fit in, like I said, groupthink, I would translate those views, too. Even knowing deep down inside, I didn't feel that way. Because even though my parents are religious, they never told me to hate gay people or to think that being gay is wrong. They always told me respect people for who they are. And that's that, you know, don't just judge them just because of their lifestyle. And once I realized that, I went back to that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I went back to that way of thinking. And I tell people like, yo, I don't have any problem with gay people. I have no reason to because what you do in your bedroom doesn't affect me the same way what I do in my bedroom doesn't affect you. Unless things get really out of hand and the wall collapses. Yeah, then, then, <laughs> especially if I'm your neighbor, because <laughs> I don't think we have insurance on our apartment, so we're going to have to. <laughs> so, How would you claim that anyways? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. But yeah, man, like, I don't know. I just, <clears throat> I just think like, especially with me, a lot of it came from just being around people who thought that way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And once I, once I saw the science behind it, I was like, not saying that the science depicted my morality. It's just that my reasons for not liking gay people were wrong. Yeah. So that, like, made me say, damn, I was wrong. 
Maybe yeah. I need to look into exactly why I am mad at gay people. Then I realize I'm not. Yeah, I it's, have it's, no it's, beef with anyone that's like that's homosexual. In a world where it's reversed and it's considered immoral and disgusting to be a heterosexual, the track Amber by Adequate. Everybody always talking about rights, gay rights, straight rights, religious rights. What about equal rights? Y'all have the same fucking rights. What about that? Uh, nobody wanna talk about that. So yeah, there was a little girl named Amber uh-huh. who was a little different. Yeah. Over the rare condition that was never her decision. Her uh-huh. mothers never had a clue, not even a physician. No. But being what she was was against religious traditions. Not to mention the stigma she faced will make a victim yeah. a hate crime due to the society that she lives in. Yeah. That's why she tries to fit uh-huh. in and hides what she's feeling. Uh-huh. But deep inside there's a gaping hole she needs to fill in. She was picked up by her teachers in school and all the children because she had a crush on Jamie. It was forbidden for being a breeder It will let you straight into prison yeah. Petra says she's an abomination due to superstition uh-huh. She suppresses her urges and never to encourage it never. Even though her depression worsens, uh-huh. no one deserves this Even the politicians making money off their bigotry yeah. And most of the citizens are ignorant scientifically They treat her as if she has a disease and has no right to breathe Makes it hard for her to sleep at night She wets her sheets and it's much more to do with the tears yeah. Than it has to to do with the peace, she's not even a teenager, uh, and she sees the danger of being oppressed, yes. but she can't express her anger, only Jamie understands her uh, pain, he won't admit it though, afraid you'd be called a baby maker, and the head of rope, they used to sneak around playing house, trapped, and the fantasy, what it's like to be each other's spouse, yes, when somebody shouted out, look, they're trying to breathe, so Jamie pushed Amber to the ground, began to flee, she would jump while three girls and began to weep, they scratched and pulled her hair and dismantled her teeth uh-huh. So much blood in her mouth wasn't able to scream No, in fetal position, hoping, wishing it was a dream But it wasn't, you think orientation matters But it doesn't, it sexual preference only involves the one you're in love with True. So no one deserves to be ostracized in public nah. the not equal rights that you don't like who they're fucking uh-huh. Now back to the subject, yeah. she felt helpless and disgusting Her mother's asked what was wrong, she said nothing She ain't wanted to know was too late when they found her body dead cold. Where I'm from, it happens on the regular. That's why it's imperative our society becomes more secular. With a being, it was a normal being, straight was distorted, bruh. We're living in a world with heterophobia. You really want that? So let's cut the bullshit, man. Cut it out, man. So this is the little queer bait that tried to hold my brother's hand. He wanted me to. No, he didn't. We forced him. We saw her kiss him. Just now. Didn't we? Yeah. You friggin' breeder. Grab her! You queer. Smear the queer! 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 Do us all a favor, Rob. It's group thinking. It's 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 group thinking in the sense your community is like that. And like I uh, believe the minister I had for most of my life, right, since I was quite young, he would preach about this stuff, and he still does. And like when I when I got through all this stuff, 
a lot of people that know me, it's not that I keep it a secret, but they just, a lot of people still don't know I'm an atheist just because they've never asked. Like, we don't, we haven't seen each other in a while or whatever. Right. Um, you know, but hold up. On that note, you know what's funny about that? Because a lot of people try to uh, try to paint this picture because, you know, atheists were prevalent online and were outspoken. Yeah. But in real life, I don't just go up to people and say, yo, I'm an atheist. What about you? Yeah. Right. I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> but you know, I, I might try that sometime with a video camera, though, just to see how people react now that you bring it up. Yeah, hello, like, how are you doing? I'm an atheist. How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you're a what? You know what even bugs me out even the most when I tell people I'm an atheist? They say, but you're such a nice person. Yeah. <laughs> a good person. I'm like, okay, that has nothing to do with me being an atheist. <laughs> I'm glad you noticed that. Remember that the next time you speak to an atheist. <laughs> exactly. Now, but back to what you were saying, though. My bad. I didn't mean to cut you. I just wanted to throw that in there. Um, well, it's just, uh, I believed what this guy said because it's a, it's a, uh, in forensics, they call it chain of custody is a chain of custody with authority, right? So you grow up, your parents are your gods. And right. what you don't know is they're teaching you what they've been led to believe by the people that they have had as authorities, their parents, their community. Um, and my parents, uh, I've pointed this out to people, even though they're still believers, uh, and I, I expect they probably always will be, um, their way of believing is more progressive and more educated than their parents were, you know? And so even though I I try to point out, I'm not shirking that progress. I'm the next step in it. <laughs> right. right. They don't like that, I don't think, but but at least because they can they, understand the relation there. Because the thing is, their progression helped you progress, and it led you to think, okay, well, maybe, you know, God isn't real. Maybe God doesn't exist. And I don't think that's a bad thing, necessarily. No. Um, so the chain of authority anyways, then is that my parents, my parents introduced me to my larger family who are mostly believers. And then our church community, as I get older, has more and more of a role, especially the minister. And all of these people had certain ideas that were taken for granted. One of them was this thing about gay people, uh, love the sinner, hate the sin. And you know what, to be honest, when I was younger, it probably wasn't even that PC. It was probably a little more direct than that. Like it's all going to go to hell. Yeah. Um, and it's funny when I came back now and I contacted the minister after being a, you know, a public atheist for about a year, he just didn't know. And I started asking him some questions about psychology. He, so I asked this about a few ministers that I knew and most of them were either kind of like, they're, well, I'm not really sure about it. I'm not educated in it, which I think is a fair enough response. Right. Um, some of them were like, well, I think it's part of the medical community, like mental health community. That's an excellent response. But this guy, he sent me a link back, again, not knowing I was an atheist now, thinking I was still part of his flock, I guess. This link said that psychology was a religion bent on destroying God and the church. Of course, they'll, they'll say that about anything. They'll say that about evolution, too. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. It's like, I, I was asking him questions, like, what's your support for this? Like, the links they're giving me are from the early 70s. Do you have anything more recent to support any of these claims? And eventually, he was like, look, what's going on here? Like, you, you seem really hostile. I was like, you know, well, I, I, you know, I don't believe everything you say. I, I expect you to back it up. And so and when he found out I was an atheist, he goes, you know, I'm sorry you've turned into such an angry young man. <laughs> it always goes back to that, doesn't it? Uh, I believe that's an ad hominem, sir. <laughs> it always goes back to that. You know, it's like, despite me saying I disagree with what you're saying, you just bring it back to, oh, I'm an atheist, so I'm lost. And that's why I don't understand what you're saying. No, I don't understand what you're saying because what you're saying is bullshit. Like, yeah. yep. there's no there's no foundation for it. So why would you just expect me to believe it just because thousands of other people believe what you're saying? Right. Like, 
Group, I'm not one of them. You're talking about groupthink. It makes you lazy, and I don't like it. Um, how do I put this? This guy's gotten used to people just agreeing with him because of who he is and what he represents in that community. He just expects you're going to agree with him. And if you disagree, you're going to keep it to yourself. And, and you know what's funny? Following. I've met a lot of people like him, and they're they're not even priests or anything. They're just regular, everyday people that they never get called out on what they say until they meet that one person, and they don't know how to deal with it. They don't know how to answer the questions, so they just say, oh, you're the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they like, personalize it, and then they... Uh, well, with my background's Mennonite evangelical, right? It traces back to Mennonite, so we know about shunning. Even if they don't officially kick you out of the group, there's social stigma that they can apply. That you know, it can be it can be a slight that hurts. Um, but yeah, I, I just myself, I have told people that I prefer to surround myself with people who will call me on my bullshit. Yep, me too. That's all I want. Like even my girlfriend, she does it too. Good. Yeah, that's good. Time. And I tell her, I say, yo, whenever I'm saying some bullshit or doing some bullshit, you better call me out because, you know, I'll do that to you in a split second. But I don't <laughs> question. Maybe not on Valentine's Day, but. Yeah, yeah not, not then. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's perks to Valentine's Day that I'm not trying to fuck up. So, yeah. All right. Well, I've had you for quite a while. Um, listen, adequate. I am so glad we got to speak. Dude, your music is awesome and you are awesome. Thank you, man. I'm happy we got to do this too, man. Like, whenever, you, if ever you want to do a another interview, just let me know, and I'll be down to do it. So that is adequate. I hope that everybody has enjoyed getting to know him a little bit. I'm gonna put links to his work and places that you can get in contact with him. And I uh, encourage you to try some of his music out. I'm giving you just a sample that's here. Um, so I want to thank Adequate for coming out. You're awesome. Your skepticism, I find, completely in tune with reason. And on that note, uh, since we've gone through a lot of heavy material, I'm going to leave you with a full track at the end of this episode called Herb Derp. Uh, it's, it's about uh, the noise that uh, people make when they're not being reasonable or rational. Uh, it's a little bit lighthearted. So on that note, um, our next guest is going to be Carl from Post-Rapture Looting. Can't wait for that interview. And I guess I'll see you guys next time. Stay rational. And remember, be there for people you know who have emotional problems like depression. You don't have to solve their problems. You just have to be there. You must think that I'm some kind of moron to believe a story like that. No. Oh, no. No, sir. Not a moron. Just open-minded. Let me get this straight, because I'm having trouble understanding something. What? You say you were just working when this kid ran up and stuffed his head into that wood chipper? That's a fact. That's a fact.
Cause with strong opinions against things They know nothing to pal They be like If it weren't for science There'll be no atomic bombs Which means there would be no wars The people with lost arms And GMOs are just causing so much harm The way we use applications Make them right or wrong And not the science itself You lie to yourself Let's see how quick you rest And not the way you decline it in health But we have alternative medicines That's better than prescriptions You know what we call medicine That works? What? Medicine If you think the method you use Is really better man Present your findings And accept the Nobel Peace Prize then Everyone knows science is a global conspiracy And peer review is based on bias behind the scenes And evolution's not proven, it's just a theory If you didn't question my views, you should understand them clearly We're the ones that's using the holy text to take away rights from others because of their sexual preference. It's nonsense. But hey, what about Stalin? What about him? Wish I would kill that argument. It's getting too old. Y'all trying to fill the gaps using a loophole. Stalin was a motherfucking new show. I know what the problem is. Y'all think that I support him. Not believing in God, the only thing we have a common. Plus the fact that atheists don't have a fucking doctrine. So bringing him up should never be one of your fucking options. What about Richard Dawkins and the new atheists? They always bash religion and always say shit. I don't bash, I ridicule. Why can't you just live and let live? Actually, that's what I'm trying to do. What about you? Bitch, you really lacking sense of all without a bit. Earth, dirt, you and no Steven. 